الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم اول من يدعى الى الجنه الذين يحمدون الله في السراء والضراء او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم most respected on my kiram brothers and elders one couplet of hazrat wala hazrat mawlana shaki mohd akhtar sahab rahmatullah alayhi has expressed something his thousands of couplets has expressed many many things and these couplets are actually capsules of very very deep and potent nasihat sometimes that little capsule that little tablet seems very very tiny very small and a person who doesn't know what its potential is what its capability is might look at it and think this is like one other smarties or something and not give any attention to it not give any regard to it this is one of those things but the person who is familiar with it a pharmacist would know for example what the ingredients are and what the composition of this tablet is of this capsule is and he knows that what effect this can have then he might be even very very shocked that this is lying around somewhere that this can really have a very deep effect on someone maybe he might not be able to handle it so just like this little tablet on the face of it it seems like nothing it seems like just a small little thing but inside it there's a great amount of power that's filled into it great amount of effect and potential that's packed into it so likewise these couplets of the ahlullah not what we unfortunately just listen to for the sake of entertainment and many just feel that this is just to pass time those who listen for the sake of nasihat for the sake of taking a lesson and implementing that lesson in our lives then they benefit tremendously from these couplets of nasihat so in one couplet has it says that daag e hasrat se dil sajaye hai jab kahi ja ke unko paaye hai daag e hasrat se dil sajaye hai jab kahi ja ke unko paaye hai what is this daag e hasrat in other words with some grief sorrow disappointment by means of these things i have adorned my heart what is this disappointment this grief that becomes a means of adorning the heart this is the disappointment where when a person's heart is or his nafs is tempted towards some sin some evil but he does not give in to it he disappoints it he does not allow it to have the better of him he deprives it of what it is tempted towards so 
it feels disappointed, it feels hurt, there's a pain that passes through this heart at that time. What it says that this is the very adornment of the heart. That when this repeatedly happens, each time this happens, it brings, it switches on a light in the heart. One is the nafs and the other is the ruh, the soul of a person. And to the extent that a person deprives the nafs of the haram that it's desiring, every time that it deprives the nafs of some haram, accordingly there will be the light of nur that would light up in his soul and ruh. And this is an ongoing thing. To the extent that he will give in to the demands of the nafs, and he will allow the nafs to have what it wants, to that extent, the light of the ruh will start decreasing and diminishing. And there will be that extent of darkness in the ruh. And the ruh is the real thing that keeps this insan going. When a person passes away, everything is there. All his limbs and everything is intact. He's just passed away, nothing has decomposed yet. The heat of the body can still be felt. But he is lifeless. Now his name will change also. People refer to him as the Janaza. So what time going to pick up the Janaza? Or bring the Janaza on this side. He lost his name already. And the, those who were very near and dear to him, who were prepared to do anything and everything for him, they are also discussing how quickly can we now bury him. Now there is no way that we can keep him here now. He is not worthy of being left anywhere near us. Now the time has come to quickly now move him on with respect in a dignified manner in the way that Dean has taught us, but he has to go now. Now we have to put him under the soil. So to the extent that, so now this is the rule, that that rule left, everything else is there. That body is intact, everything is there, but he can't see, he can't speak, he can't move a finger. He can't do anything. What has happened? The ruh has left. So the real thing is the ruh. And to the extent that this ruh is alive, meaning spiritually, to the extent that this ruh is lit up with nur, to that extent this person will be at peace. Despite whatever challenges there might be externally, but his heart will be content. And to the extent that this ruh is in darkness, and any person in darkness is restless. Suddenly there is complete darkness all around. Anybody, whether it's a small child, whether it's a grown-up person, but in total darkness, he's not easy, he's uneasy. He needs some light to be able to see what's going on around him, where he wants to walk, where he can walk. He wants to stretch out his hand. Is there something harmful in the way or is there something fine? So with complete darkness, he'll be restless. And to the extent that there is darkness in the ruh, to that extent the person will be restless in life. Then no matter how much of things he can try to do externally to entertain himself. He can have the best scenery, he can go to the best holiday destinations, he can be doing anything and everything, but that restlessness won't go. Because that is something inside. And all these things are artificial things outside. These artificial things can cool the skin, but they can't cool the heart. So in any case, this ruh is everything. And to the extent that a person will light up the ruh, 
And how does this roof get lit up? One of the things that lights it up more than anything else is the pain that a person takes on his heart in fulfilling the command of Allah Ta'ala, not giving in to the nafs. When that heart is tempted towards haram and he holds his ground. I'm not getting into this. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to listen to this. I'm not going to speak this, which Allah Ta'ala is displeased with. And he conducts himself in the way that Nabi Islam has taught. And that brings some pain. But he's ready for that. So this is that pain Hazrat is talking about. That Dagi Hasrat said Dil That with this pain and this sorrow that sometimes is felt within the heart, because the heart was deprived of what, or that nafs was deprived of what it was demanding, that becomes the adornment. That switches on the lights. And then the next line Hazrat says, Dil se daag hasrat se dil sajaye hai jab kahi jaake unko paaye hai after having repeatedly done this then somewhere down the line we went we managed to finally get to Allah Ta'ala we managed to attain the love of Allah Ta'ala now this he is giving the summary of the life of the Ahlullah that those who reach Allah Ta'ala this is the biggest thing when a person understands that he is on a journey nowadays people jump in the car first thing unless it's a place they're going to which they are familiar with person is going to some place he's not familiar with first thing he wants to the GPS he must put in the destination without putting in the destination he doesn't know where he's going so that's the first thing and if he doesn't have the GPS he'll be phoning somebody he'll be asking directions why? because he wants to get to a particular point if he is driving and he doesn't know where he's going where he's going to finish off Unfortunately, we are in this journey of life, but many a times we forget what our destination is. So when a person forgets what his destination is, then he just drives aimlessly. And a person driving aimlessly, he doesn't know when he'll take a wrong turn somewhere which he'll put himself into serious danger. He might lose his life somewhere, he might cause damage to himself, to his family. So the first thing is to know what is the destination. The destination is the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, to gain the love of Allah Ta'ala, to gain Allah Ta'ala. When a person has got that destination in front of him, now everything else falls into place. Now he is ready to do whatever it takes to reach that destination. And every occasion will demand at that time what's the right thing to do. There are certain things that there is no compromise on. Salah time is Salah obviously. It's fasting time, then it's fasting. If it's the time that zakat is due, then that zakat has to be discharged. If hajj is compulsory upon a person, that has to be done. So certain things, there is no, that is it, that has to be done. And then there are occasions when a person will be in a situation, what does he do? For example, that in the Hadith Sharif it's mentioned about that woman who was a person of ill repute. She was a woman who was a person involved in sin. But now she came across this dog that was dying of thirst. But at that time, this became an opportunity for her. And she grabbed onto that opportunity. So opportunity that this was a time now to really get onto, to get onto that direction. To get into that 
onto that road which will take one to the destination, which will earn Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. So what she did now, it was a difficult thing at that time, but she was ready to undertake the difficulty for the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. So she climbed down into that well, and with her sock, she brought out some water, and she fed that water to that dog. In fact, in this particular hadith sharif is mentioned, that she tied the sock to her scarf. Now this is on the one side, we're saying a woman of ill repute. But even the woman of ill repute in that time, she also didn't dare venture out without a scarf. So she tied this sock of hers with that scarf, and then she lowered it into that water, and she brought the water out, and she fed this dog water. Dog. An animal, if it now puts its mouth into some water, that water will become najis. That is the type of animal. But she fed this animal because this too is a makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. It's a creation of Allah Ta'ala. But now that took some pain, it took some effort, it took some work, it took maybe delaying, <coughs> reaching wherever she wanted to go to. But she made some kind of sacrifice. But that was a time that she just struck at the right moment. And that became the means of her forgiveness. Her life changed for the better. Now this is the thing that a person who has his focus right. We are all weak, we are all insane. Sometimes we slip up somewhere, sometimes we end up doing something we shouldn't have done. But if a person knows the direction and he knows where he is headed to, then even if he sometimes errs, sometimes makes some mistakes, he still knows what he has to do, he has to wake up and walk in which direction. And Allah Ta'ala's Mercy is so unlimited. Allah has opened the doors of his mercy to such an extent to his bandhas. Allah very, very openly and clearly announces to his servants, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Say to my servants, say, oh my servants, Allah is Attributing his servants to himself, mine, they are mine, nobody else's. Oh, my servants who have transgressed upon themselves. But despite the transgression, La taqnatu mir rahmatillah. Don't become despondent of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. But all he requires is to come back. To make the effort to come back. To come back in all aspects of life. Come back in terms of our ibadat also. A person hasn't been fulfilling his ibadat, his salah wasn't in order, his fajr salah is getting missed, other salah sometimes are getting missed because of whatever his occupation is, whatever other things are coming in the way. So now he's coming back in terms of his ibadat. He's coming back in terms of his mu'amalat, his dealings with people. That if there was dealings that were not in order, then he's setting that right. If there are things that are due to people, he's sorting that out. If there's inheritance that hasn't been properly discharged and given to the rightful people, then he's taking care of that. And he's sorting that out. Because these are hukukul ibad. And this is such a severe thing, that on the day of Qiyamah, a person will lose his ibadat because of having shirked in hukukul ibad. 
all that hajj and that fasting and that salah, etc. will get dished out to the people whose rights were taken up in this dunya. So now he's coming back in terms of his dealings also. In terms of his muasharat and social life, how he deals with people, how he deals with his family, how he deals with his wife and children, with his parents, with others. So now he's coming back to Allah Ta'ala in that regard as well. What are the commands of Allah Ta'ala? وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Allah Ta'ala is giving the wasiyat. Allah Ta'ala is giving this very clear command that treat them kindly in this world. وَعَاشِرُوهُنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ Treat them kindly. Who? The wives. And then Allah Ta'ala is, so to say, interceding on their behalf. فَإِنْ كَرِهْتُمُوهُنْ If you dislike some trait in them, then فَعَسَىٰ أَنْ تَكْرَهُ شَيْءَوْ وَيَجْعَلَ اللَّهُ فِي خَيْرًا كَثِيرًا Sometimes you'll dislike some trait in them, but in this very thing Allah Ta'ala has put good for you in it. So you dislike something, and as we always say, that we want everybody to be 100%. Everybody must be 100%. How many percent are we? So we demand 100% from everybody, everything must be to the T, and everything must be the way, it must be 100% perfect, but what is my character? Am I perfect? Am I able to do things the way it should be, how Allah Ta'ala wants it to be? How Nabi Salaam has taught? How perfect am I in the court of Allah Ta'ala? So I am 20%, 30%, 50%, whatever it might be, but I want 100% from everybody else. Whereas, if a person adopts the other policy, that he is ready to just overlook things, then he can have hope that Allah Ta'ala will overlook his faults also. Irhamu man fil ard, yarhamkum man fil sama. That have mercy on those on the earth, Allah Ta'ala will have mercy on you. The same incident, what was it? This was mercy upon a dog. Allah Ta'ala showed his mercy. And when a person will be merciful to the creation of Allah Ta'ala, then that rahmat of Allah Ta'ala comes in this very dunya also. What is in the akhirat? That will definitely come. In this very dunya, that sukoon, that contentment, that peace, Allah Ta'ala will bless him as a result of his compassion on the creation of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the thing that we were talking about this Dawe Hasrat, we digress from here, that this pain that comes on the heart, for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, in order to uphold the command of Allah Ta'ala, this is something which is very valuable in the sight of Allah Ta'ala. And this lights up the heart. And this brings that peace and contentment, because now the ruh is lighting up. And to the extent the person lights up the ruh, to that extent he'll be in peace. The Hadith Sharif that we read, this was just the introduction, but just nevertheless, the Hadith Sharif that was recited at the beginning, when Nabi Salaam says that, أَوَّلُ مَيُّدْعَى إِلَى الْجَنَّةِ The first people that will be called towards Jannat, the day of Qiyamah, there will be some categories of people that will be given preferential treatment. In dunya we all look forward to preferential treatment. Person wants to be treated as a VIP. Nowadays we have VIP, VVIP. Then some places there's several V's in front. 
Allah knows best, maybe we'll come a line long just now. And what that means, Allah knows. So in dunya, everybody wants to be very, very, very important. But on the day of Qiyamah, that is the real place where somebody who has been given preferential treatment on the day of Qiyamah, that is really worth something. This dunya's preferential treatment, sometimes a person has just walked the red carpet, he finished the walking the red carpet in the all that pomp and glory, and then he barely just passed it and he got arrested. So now this was the end result of all that glitter and glamour. Khalas. This is dunya. Dunya has got nothing. Just a deception. Malhayat dunya illa mata'ul ghurur. So the preferential treatment on the day of Qiyamah, among the various categories, one is this category, الَّذِينَ يَحْمَدُونَ اللَّهَ فِي السَّرَّاءِ وَالضَّرَّاءِ That those who praise Allah Ta'ala in ease and in adversity. They praise Allah Ta'ala in all conditions. They are happy with Allah Ta'ala's decree in all conditions. Praising Allah Ta'ala in all conditions, this is the essence of shukr. This is the essence of gratitude. One is to praise Allah Ta'ala in ease, that we can easily understand. That a person praises Allah Ta'ala in ease. Allahumma lak alhamdulillah. That is something which, alhamdulillah, we do as well, and it's easily understood. But praising Allah Ta'ala in adversity, so a person who has the right frame of mind, and is positive in all conditions, he understands this very easily. Something happened, some calamity took place, whatever it was, some tragedy happened. So, insan is insan, he will feel the pain of it, he will feel hurt, he will feel grief, he will feel sorrow. But he turns his mind that whatever happened, it could have been worse. Allah Ta'ala saved me from that worse situation. This is a smaller thing, a very, very tiny thing that could have happened. There was one great alim, Qazi Abdul Qadir Sahib Rahmatullahi, he used to reside in England. He was among the Khulafa, was a Sheikh al Hadith, Mazakariya Sahib Rahmatullahi. So, in any case, he was in Pakistan and he met in a very serious accident. So, among the seniors in the work of Dawat and Tabligh at that time. So, he met in a very serious accident. Now he is laid out in hospital. He's entire face was disfigured almost. And he was in a very, very bad shape, as we say. So some of the elders from Raivin came to visit him. So in any case, they met him. Asked him, he was barely able to speak. How are you feeling? Said, Alhamdulillah. Started off with, Alhamdulillah. That, firstly, Whatever happened, whatever the impact that has happened, the impact happened on my physical self, the damage happened to my physical self, Alhamdulillah, there was no damage to my Iman. A person is physically in this condition, but his mind is still focused. They find that this is something that is a test, Allah Ta'ala make it easy, Allah Ta'ala remove this test, give us afiyat, we'll make dua for shifa, but the focus is that whatever happened, this calamity came on my physical self. What a, what a serious thing it would have been if this calamity came on my iman. So firstly, that 
I have to praise Allah Ta'ala for that. Then he says that, I ended up in this condition, you came to visit me, so 70,000 angels are making dua of maghfirat for you. So this has become a means of good for you too. You came to visit a sick person, 70,000 in the Hadith Sharif, it comes, Man aada maridan, awzara akhan lahu fillah. A person visits somebody who is ill, only for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Or he visits his brother purely for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. There's no ulterior motive, there's no worldly motive, there's no business, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Advise him something about deen, just for the sake of muhabbat in the name of Allah Ta'ala. So then a caller calls out from the heavens. That what you have done is excellent. Your walking is excellent. You've built yourself a palace in Jannah. And a person goes to visit somebody sick. 70,000 angels make dua maghfirat for him. He says, you've come. This is your good also. And I'm making sabr on this. This has become a means of my good in the sense that inshallah this will take me closer to Allah. Ta'ala. Now, what a positive mind. One of the senior khulafa was Mashafali Thani Rahmatullah the Dr. Abdul Hay Rahmatullah He was in a particular profession at that time he was a the legal profession and under the British rule this was a very severe thing that somebody had to be a, in the legal profession because he would have to now do things according to the English law which was very very oppressive against the Muslims so in any case, on Hazrat Tanwir Rahmatullah's advice, finally, he gave this up. Now, there was still no other means. And he gave this up. This is not in order, let it go. So now, things started becoming very difficult. And he started becoming heavily in debt. Borrowing to just keep things floating, and now those debts are piling up. And he says, some time passed like this, and eventually one day, I became so overwhelmed by this. My heart was so affected by the conditions and the circumstances that were now surrounding me. I wrote a four-letter, four-page letter, a four-page letter to the Tamirahmatullahi, and I in detail went through all the difficulties that now I'm experiencing as a result of the circumstances, what is going on in my own personal self, my family, what they are going through, and other aspects. See, the four-page letter, I filled it with all the difficulties we are experiencing. I see this letter reaches the Tanwi Rahmatullah Ali. replied. And then he says, if it was some other person, firstly, he might have given me some wazaif to read, that recite all these wazaif, and inshallah, and there is no harm in deciding those wazaif, that too is in his place. But he would have given me some of these things and maybe set me off. At the most he would have consoled me something also. So if a Hazrat said such a reply, he stated in a few lines, just one or two lines, that your letter from beginning to end has been written in such a way that it appears that there isn't a single na'mat of Allah Ta'ala that you are enjoying. Because you've only written in four pages, only written of difficulties. Have you considered that no matter how much these difficulties are, the proportion and the ratio of the ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala are far in excess of these challenges. But you didn't make mention of that anyway in this whole four-page letter. 
He says, I read this reply, it was as if somebody had poured water over that fire burning in my heart. And my whole heart just cooled off because my whole mind changed. The whole focus went in a different direction. The Subhanallah, how many na'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala are being showered upon me and every moment, what number of, countless number of bounties of Allah Ta'ala I'm enjoying and the only thing was on my tongue and in my hand, on my pen was a complaint. So this just turned the whole mind around. It just made everything positive. Despite the challenges, it made everything positive. So in any case, the Hadith Sharif we are discussing was that to praise Allah Ta'ala in ease, that is something easily understood. But praising Allah Ta'ala in adversity, what does this mean? One is a person thinks positively in that too. That this could have been far worse. He starts thinking about the difficulties others are experiencing and compares himself to that. Where am I? I'm in still so much of comfort. I'm in still so much of ease. And what this means is simply this, that a person does not have any complaint in his heart against Allah Ta'ala. He'll feel pain, he'll feel hurt sometimes, he'll feel difficult. This is dunya. In dunya all these things happen. But his heart, there's no complaint against Allah Ta'ala. That is the meaning of praising Allah Ta'ala in adversity. That he is happy with the decree of Allah Ta'ala. Doesn't necessarily mean that at every time he will say Alhamdulillah also. For example, somebody passed away and now in the Somebody gives him the news that his father passed away or somebody passed away, so he says, Alhamdulillah. And that person is going to be offended. What is this person trying to say? It's good my father is gone. He was a bad person on earth. So now the earth is relieved of him. So that's not the occasion now to recite that Alhamdulillah. Though there were occasions where one Buzuru was walking from somewhere, past somewhere, and somebody from above the upper story just threw some ash out without thinking who's walking down. Somebody's going to be inconvenienced. This becomes the situation when a person doesn't have that destination in front. Where I have to reach? I have to gain the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala by being inconsiderate to people I can't reach there. I have to stay safe from that. So then such a person will be conscious all the time that I must not hurt somebody. Doesn't matter, I digest it. I swallow it. I just tolerate it. I just let it pass. And doesn't matter, I feel a little bit of inconvenience and difficulty, but let me save others from any inconvenience. Let me save others from the difficulty. So it doesn't matter if I have to just now let things pass. Such a person who has his gaze on the destination becomes very easy for him to do that. Like the incident that we've many times discussed, Imam Abu Hanifa, he is Walking, one person comes along and he is now abusing him and he's talking a lot of things, painful and hurtful things, insulting things. So Imam Sahib carries on listening quietly. Then he comes to a point where he says, look, I have to now turn to my house and you'll probably go the other way. So I'm waiting now. Whatever you have to say, you can complete it. It mustn't be that now I go away, you feel left incomplete. You feel that now, you know what, whatever you had to say that didn't get completed. And you are unsatisfied. So you can go ahead. Now in order to let this person have his satisfaction, he is allowing him to say what he wants, he is allowed, he is tolerating it. 
Now, can we compare ourselves in, this, in the light of these things? Let alone allowing somebody to have their satisfaction. If somebody made a mistake and said something, it's a semi-qiyamad. What do you think of yourself? And do you know who you're talking to? And what? Whatever will come in our mind. So in any case, this person now, without any consideration, just threw this ash out. And this ash fell onto this buzrug. Others were walking with him, but as soon as this fell on him, he said, Alhamdulillah. He realized what fell on him. He said, Alhamdulillah. Those around him asked him, is this the occasion to recite Alhamdulillah? This may be the right thing to say is, Inna lillah. This is a musibat. So he said, no, I didn't say Alhamdulillah that ash fell upon me. I didn't say Alhamdulillah on that. I said Alhamdulillah after having considered that the type of person I am, I was deserving that fire should have rained upon me. Allah Ta'ala saved me from that. It was only ash that came, no fire came. I made, made Alhamdulillah on the fact that fire didn't come. I wasn't saying Alhamdulillah that ash came. I was expressing Alhamdulillah that no fire came down upon me. Otherwise that's the kind of person I am. So in any case, a person who has his focus on the destination, then all these things become very easy for him. Because he, he knows where he has to reach. Like a person has his focus on how to extract that money out of the customer's pocket and make him buy something. So he tolerates a lot. He tolerates a person's sometimes rude manner of talking. Sometimes a person how he is now wasting his time making him take out this and take out that. He's ready for anything. But hopefully this person in the end will now take out that money and buy. So now he's got his eye on the destination, on the focus. He's focused on the destination. The destination here is that money must come out of his pocket and come into mine. So now all other things around it that will help to make that possible become easy. So likewise a person who has his focus on the destination of Akhirat, person who has his focus on the destination of acquiring the love of Allah Ta'ala and the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala, then to tolerate many things become very simple for him, become very easy for him. And then to undertake this Daagh-e Hasrat, even in aspects of saving himself from sin, and in aspects of dealing with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. That he's ready to take that pain on himself, but not give pain to others. Then this lights up that ruh. And when that ruh gets lit up, then the person is at peace in dunya also. And the real peace is in the akhirat. Dunya is a very small place to encompass the bounties that Allah Ta'ala wishes to grant a person upon the obedience of Allah Ta'ala upon taking the pain on his heart from in refraining from sin. This dunya is a very, very small place. It can't encompass this. The place for that is Jannat. So this is what we have to now focus ourselves towards, towards gaining this love of Allah, gaining this pleasure of Allah, and in that is this constantly praising Allah, in every condition. And the, real, the reality of this praise is the obedience of Allah. To the extent that a person is in the obedience of Allah, he is truly grateful. And that takes all its different forms in the form of ibadat, in the form of doing his mu'amalat correctly, his mu'asharat correctly, adopting the best akhlaq. All this is part of this gratitude to Allah wa ta'ala. This will make his dunya also an example of jannat, and the real jannat will come in the akhirat. Allah wa ta'ala bless us with this.
بسند دروش لا إله إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا يا ربي صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جز الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله لا إله إلا الله 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 محمد رسول الله صلى الله تبارك وتعالى عليه وسلم الله الله جل جلاله عم نواله الله 
acknowledging all our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, from head to toe we are covered in sin, Ya Allah. But you are most merciful, Ya Allah. You are most forgiving, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you have announced in your Quran, Ya Allah. La taqnatu min rahmatillah. Inna Allah yaghfiru zunuba jami'a. Ya Allah, you have announced that don't ever become despondent of the mercy of Allah. Allah will forgive all the sins. Ya Allah, you forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the sins we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, shower down your makhtirat on the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the Ummah is in a pitiful condition, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, there is nobody to take any mercy on this Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, it is only your mercy that will save us, Ya Allah. It is only your compassion and kindness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, shower down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Shower down your mercy, Ya Allah. Shower down your makhtirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge that we are not deserving of anything, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are deserving of azab, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, definitely we have done so much that, Ya Allah, if azab comes, we are deserving of it, Ya Allah. But you are most merciful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have full hope in your mercy, Ya Allah. That you will protect us from any punishment, Ya Allah. That you will shower down your rahmat upon us, Ya Allah. That you will shower down your makhfirat upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are knocking at your door alone, Ya Allah. There is no other door we can go to, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, the dog that is chased from one door can go to another door, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have only your door, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we can bow and we are only bowing to you alone, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you shower down your makhfirat upon us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Make us your loyal servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are so disloyal, Ya Allah. We eat all the ni'mas that you have blessed us with, Ya Allah. We enjoy all the bounties and benefits you gave us, Ya Allah. And we still use everything to disobey you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, how disloyal we are, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, how ungrateful we are, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Make us your grateful servants, Ya Allah. Make us your loyal servants, Ya Allah. Make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Bilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. You save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Save us from all the sins and evil, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all the, Ya Allah, all the haram that is taking place, Ya Allah. Bilahul Alameen, save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. Protect us from the sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. Protect us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the heart, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with your love, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Fill our hearts with the love of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, use us and our progenies to come. Ya Allah, till Qiyamah with ikhlas and afiyat for the effort of Deen, Ya Allah. Yulahul Alameen, Ya Allah. And all those who have passed away, fill their qabars with noor, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Raise the stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin Ya Allah, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima La ilaha illallah. Muhammadur Rasulullah. Allah, take us on Iman Kamil Ya Allah. Take us on Tawbat and Nasuh Ya Allah. Allah, take us at the time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you Ya Allah. Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin Ya Allah. Save us from death in a place of sin Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, we can make our covers gardens of Jannah for us Ya Allah. Grant us the shafat of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, give us Jannah to those without any reckoning Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin Ya Allah. Allah, all those are sick of them. Remove every taste of their illnesses, Ya Allah. Give them complete cure and afiyat, Ya Allah. Those who are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's risk, Ya Allah. Grant us halal and tayyib risk, Ya Allah. Save us from any kind of difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Save us from ever stretching our hand to anyone but you, Ya Allah. Those who are in any kind of hardships and difficulties, anxieties, worries, depression, stress, tension, remove it with afiyat, 
afiyat ya allah ila full happiness in the hearts ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah ila unite the hearts of the ummah ya allah unite the hearts of spouses ya allah unite the hearts of parents and children ya allah unite the hearts of family members ya allah unite the hearts of communities ya allah unite the hearts of the ummah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam ila unite the hearts of the ummah ya allah make the ummah one ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah ya allah grant us the tawfiq of doing all that which pleases you ya allah save us from everything that displeases you ya allah ilahul alamin all those who have raised their hands with this dua ya allah you are the one of each one's needs ya allah fulfill each one's needs from the ghaib ya allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya allah grant each one halal and tayyib rizq filled with barakat ya allah ilahul alamin ya allah remove each one's difficulties and hardships ya allah all those who ask us to make dua for them ya allah grant them the best of dunya and akhirah ya allah remove all their difficulties and hardships ya allah allahumma inna nas'aluka min khairi ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min sharri musta'adhaka minhu nabiyyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balagh wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-ali al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyidina muhammadi wa alihi wa sahabi al-ma'in wa alhamdulillahi rabbi